works very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in Tom and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. Good evening and welcome along to Sportsbeat Extra. I'm Andy and here's what's coming up on today's show. We are back for 2024 and I'll be looking at the top 10 sporting events to look forward to in what is sure to be another hectic 12 months. There will of course be plenty of honourable mentions along the way and Sport on Screen on Sunday will be back later on. But first up, I chat to Carlo native Kevin Regan about the sensational news that his podcast, The Irish F1 Show, has been nominated for Best Motorsport Podcast at the Global Sport Podcast Awards, as well as a look back at Verstappen's Electric 2023 and a look forward to what the 2024 Formula One season holds. Tracking sport across the southeast. So, Kevin, before we get into the talk about the great nomination that you've had, we'll just have a quick look back, I suppose, at the 2023 Formula One season. Red Bull, I mean, a seven driver's crown, six constructor's crown, won 21 of 22 races. Do you think we'll ever see that kind of dominance again? Oh, I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. It's astonishing what they what they achieved this year. And um, I suppose, you know, not to be demeaning towards Checo or anything, but, I mean, Max is just absolutely phenomenal. And all you have to do is look at the constructor standings, I suppose, and see with the tally of 860, the nearest rival being Mercedes on 409, and then you go over and take a look, I suppose, at uh, Max Verstappen's actual tally, which is 575, and those points on their own is enough, obviously, to give them the constructor's title. Just outrageous stuff. And, um, I mean, you look at what he does in the downtime then, what does he do? He does sim racing. He goes out and just, you know, gets in behind the wheel or whatever he can get his hands on. That is his downtime. He just loves racing. And I suppose, you know, it was just total domination this year in, in many respects. And um, I, I think his talent, as well as the car being fantastic and, and all that, shouldn't go understated. He was just absolutely magnificent. Maybe not great for the neutral because it was so one-sided so early on. But I just think what he, what he did and what Red Bull did, I mean, it's incredible. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's kind of insane when you when you look at the the breakdown and you see the nineteen wins out of twenty two races, and even those three that that Verstappen didn't win were kind of maybe key moments that if they had gone his way, he probably would have taken those as well. Do you know, it what kind of wasn't beyond the realms of possibility that he could have had a clean sweep and won all of the races. Yeah, that's that's the very thing. Like you know, and um, it's just the thing that intrigues me about him is you know he's never. Well, he's never shy of giving his engineer a bit of, you know, a strong word or two. Yeah, absolutely. Say, anyway. But it's just that drive, that relentless drive and, and determination. And it doesn't matter. He just wants to win everything. He just wants to annihilate people. Um, I know we've had the, the World Arts Championship there recently to, to delve into something to draw a comparison. But it actually kind of reminds me of a prime Phil Taylor in the darts world. He just wanted to pulverise everyone that stood between him and success, and it didn't matter. He didn't need to, at times, I suppose, be, you know, at ten ten. But he was still given that time after time. And um, so, what could you do? Only be amazed by it. Now, I suppose if you did end up in a couple of messes, then you'd be saying to yourself, "Well, what's it all for?" But you know, the thing about him is he knows the very limit. He's able to push the very limit, and that next fraction is error. But he rarely ever 
themselves into that side of it. It's it's just astonishing. Yeah, it really was just absolutely, as you say, relentless, almost to, to, to the point of insanity. He's only 26, and I mean, he's he's third on the all-time list now with 54 wins. But surely in his mind, as you say, with the mentality that he has, he's already got a sight on breaking that Hamilton record of, I think it's 103 Hamilton is on at the minute. It seems a long way off, but if he got a couple of seasons in him like he had last year, there's nothing to stop him from catching it. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you. And you look at how long Hamilton has been involved in F1. You're looking at, what is it, 16 years or so now? You know, Max by comparison, um, not even a decade. So there is, uh, you know, there's, yeah, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. The only thing is, and uh, a lot of people, I suppose, our guests on the Irish F1 show would, would share this view, is that they don't know if Max would actually stay in F1 long term. And I think he has given away some hints in the past about, you know, delving into other disciplines of motorsport um, and that seems to get a little bit stronger and I suppose there'll come a time you know contrary to what I've just said that he probably will get a little bit bored of all this and maybe he'll want a different challenge you look at WRC and you see Kalarov and Pera you know signing up for uh, a shared drive instead of going the full hog because he's so young and he wants to try out different things he wants to go drifting he wants to do all these other you know disciplines of motorsport and the only thing that would stop Max Verstappen from, you know, heading towards what you mentioned there in regard to Hamilton's record is the fact that he might just go a different route. But other than that, absolutely achievable. And maybe maybe not that far away if he does stay down the F1 route for the long term. Absolutely. It was a funny one. One of the lads here who's, you know, absolutely mad into the F1 as well mentioned that he, he could possibly take the, the kind of, I suppose, the Michael Jordan route. You remember back when Jordan was at the basketball and took the, that bit of time off and went and played baseball for a while and then came back, you know, almost even better than he was before. And as you say, there's nothing to stop Verstappen from from delving into other the other side of it. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, I suppose, when you're drawing that comparison is if you look at the amount of races that we have now, and obviously we're looking at at 24 this year. Um, it's I won't lie, it's a fair hit of mine, but it's the opportunity that you spoke about to get those wins. Um, people make the car- counter-argument that when there is so many races, sure, you know, to be that consistent over so many races is probably something that you could admire for. But then there's there's more opportunity to win. So, I mean, you can flip it whatever size you want, but I would certainly, you know, to probably go off on a slight tangent. I am not a fan of, of all these races. I think it dilutes it personally. Um, you know, obviously the big books are coming in. The owners are happy. Everyone is happy. But... I don't know is this help or a hindrance. I would probably come down on the side of it being a hindrance. I just think it dilutes and takes away from it because it's just such a demand. And, you know, at the end of the day, with that many races, it's a, it's a big commitment for even the fan to sit down and watch every race. Look, it's a commitment already with different time zones. But 24 across 52 weeks, you know, it's heavy going. Like. Absolutely. And I suppose it's it's such a big change you know, from the years when we were growing up and you were watching Schumacher and Kimi Reichland and all that one, you, you just didn't, as you say, you didn't have that, I suppose, extent of races. So it was almost a case of what's rare is, is wonderful. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like, And, um, I mean, I kind of come from that, that era as well and that's where the grow is. I'd be, a big, uh, <laughs> I'd be a big Schumacher fan and uh, a big Ferrari fan, and um, which obviously is not the most pleasant uh, following to be, to be chasing over the past couple of years, but uh, for sure, yeah, I mean, you know, the enjoyment, the, the the rarity of those, and look, let's be honest about it, a lot more genuine F1 tracks because we've got an awful lot of street circuits now, and 
I suppose, again, for a bit of balance, the, the one success this year, which we probably thought was going to be a bit of a farce, and maybe it was on the day of practice, was Vegas. Because if you look at how the race transpired, it was it was utterly enjoyable. It was one of the most enjoyable races of the year. And it didn't look like it was panned out that way, as I said there, with, with how Friday was going and you know, the blitz and glam and the yeah, and the yeah. And again, it's a compliment for Max, isn't it? The way he called it out, he said, look, this is not what it's all about. Uh, but I suppose when you're winning and you're up at the top, you can say all these things and you're not going to get um, a slap in the backside, as the fella said. And it, looking, I suppose, over the, the course of the 2024 season then, Kev, you, you obviously, you've, we've mentioned it, it's going to be 24 races now this year, but is there anything that the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari can do to pull up towards the domination of Red Bull? Well, I suppose it's interesting to see comments coming from the Ferrari camp that uh, this year's car appears to have 95% new components and uh, you see people joking saying how about the other 5% <laughs> but um, you know it does seem that they've put uh, you know the shoulder to the wheel to try and turn things around and look you mentioned Mercedes there it was quite a close fight between themselves Brahari for that second spot only a couple of points in it in the end but if you look at the demeanour of Toto Wolf over the past couple of years in comparison to when Mercedes are obviously the peak of their powers I mean there's a huge change in, in how he's coming across with his interviews, his body language. He looks stressed. Okay, yeah, you're used to winning the whole time and you're, you know, not quite there. That's going to bring its pressure and all. But, you know, it's hard to say how well he's handled that. Now, they will not want to be in the doldrums for much longer. I mean, it would absolutely have sickened them to see how Red Bull has done over the past couple of years, especially when we're all this kind of, you know, came to a head back in, the end of 2021, um, and you know you're expecting this very close rivalry again for the next couple of years. And sure, it's not really proven to be the case. Like so, I can't imagine uh, them being too far off. Um, can Red Bull maintain it? That's the big question. Another one, I suppose, is like there's a couple of there's a couple of different teams that you want to kind of watch out for. I suppose maybe Aston Martin in the early stages of last year made great progress, possibly. You know, didn't quite sustain it for the full duration, but definitely, you know, some some very good moments. They're looking to build again this year. Like McLaren, how they turned things around last year. They were absolutely dreadful at one point, and then got that level of consistency. You know, Piastri gets a second, uh, Norris gets a second, um, and that dynamic is going to be quite interesting. So, I'm not quite sure. Is it a case of everyone else maybe, you know, getting somewhere where they can kind of aim to match Red Bull's level? Or will it be a case of Red Bull coming back into the pack? Either way, we need a bit of competition and, you know, that's what we kind of crave after last season. Absolutely. Hopefully it'll be a, a bit closer next year. To the real business at hand then, Kev, yourself and the lads at the Irish F1 show, you've been nominated for Best Motorsport Podcast at the Global Sport Podcasts Award. How does that make you feel? Absolutely gobsmacked. So this kind of came about in, in November whenever we saw uh, sports sport podcast group are um, the company who who won or to, who run these awards, I should say, and they've been on the go for a number of years now, and they have a very, I suppose, um, fair process in in how they kind of put together this shortest. So they don't go really on who they hear; they go on what they hear, and they don't go on you know the listeners you have. So this has resulted, I suppose, in you know a very fair process. The application process was us putting together three clips of our work over the past year and just a written submission on, on why we should win. And, like, it is 
exactly what it says on the tin. A couple of lads who started this at the start of 2022 for nothing else, only the crack. And that's all it was, to give a bit of an Irish twist on F1 proceedings, to bring a bit of humour to it all. And, I mean, we've had some great fun. And in the meantime, we've managed to get the likes of Lee McKenzie on the podcast. So, obviously, you know, everyone knows Lee McKenzie in F1 circles, in horse racing circles, in rugby circles, whether it's with ITV or whether it's with Channel 4. Unbelievable broadcaster. Uh, Connor Moore of Connor Sketches came on with us this year. Uh, we had Matt Gamby, who helped put a deal with Transformate and Haas together. Peter Collins of RT. Now, that's beyond our wildest dreams. This is a couple of guys, ordinary Joe Soaps, who get together, bash heads, have a bit of crack about the races, and we get these people on. So I suppose, I mean, that's where the bones of our submission came in. We, we put it together, thought nothing of it, and next thing we get notification, we're nominated, or shortlisted, I should say, for the final of this. And I suppose to see the Irish F1 show name there alongside heavy hitters like the Sky Sport, <laughs> you know, Red Bull F1 podcast. I mean, that's that's beyond our wildest dreams. Um, so, look, it's now down to a public vote. You know, the, the voting lines are open until the 28th of, of January. The winner is announced on the 1st of February. And, you know, we're, we're hopeful that we can get some support for it. Um, it's on sports podcastgroup.com you'll see the vote now section and we're nominated under the best more sport podcast um, category so look we're hopeful there's um, you know there's uh, a lot to be said for the power of uh, of the Irish and, uh, and and local areas in, in particular I suppose within that and uh, maybe we can draw upon that we'll give it a rattle we'll see how we go Andy but to be honest with you whatever way this ends up this is beyond our wildest dreams and we're absolutely delighted with it Absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned, to be to be in the, the same kind of group and as Sky Sports F1 and the BBC and Red Bulls podcast and, and all of those, not just, I suppose, the great feeling of getting nominated, but the, how much that could bring to you for, say, 2024 going forward to get your name in, in with those big podcasts. As you would say, you've had some great guests on, but planning now for, for next year, you might be even looking at, at bigger guests coming on. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, and I suppose the... The thing is, not to be blowing our own trumpets, but like resources. I mean, we very limited resources. You know, a shed in the back garden and get the guys on a on a Zoom call basically. That's our resources. And you look at what maybe Sky would have a BBC and to to be you know boxing the same category as them is is phenomenal. And yeah, look as you say, it is it is great to get the, the recognition and and hopefully it will it will help going forward into uh, 2024 and um, help get our name out there. Absolutely. I mean, look, as you said, it's it's based on on the content. So you're you're there on merit and well deserved. And, and congratulations again. And I suppose finally, then, Kevin, if you could pick one guest to get on the pod in 2024, who would you go for? Ooh, that's a that's a very difficult question. Um, and there's there's plenty there's plenty of characters, of course. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a it's a difficult one. You see. What Eddie Jordan is doing with Formula for Success, another great podcast in fairness. Yeah. He, he's a great character. We'd love to get him in and maybe hear some of the some of the stories because uh, every time you hear him on the podcast, he seems to have a new one. So I'd say we're after hearing the half. It. Yeah, I think Eddie Jordan is a, is probably one I would I would definitely look for. I think there's any amount of them out there that I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to have a chat with, but definitely Eddie Jordan will be will be cool. And I think you would probably fit the the, the team of, of what we're about as well in terms of the crack and the humour. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. Best of luck to Kevin, Richard and Barry of the Irish F1 show. 
an absolutely amazing achievement to be nominated along such huge podcasts, and we wish them all the best in the voting. Now, it's time to take a look at the top 10 sporting events coming up in 2024. Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. Number 10. Super Bowl. The 2024 Super Bowl will be played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada on February 11th. Usher is set to headline the halftime show, but Taylor Swift fans will be hoping the Kansas City Chiefs make it to the US's biggest sports night to catch a glimpse of their music idol at the big game. Number 9. Champions Cup Final The final of the 2024 Heineken Champions Cup will be held in London's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. There will be plenty of Irish interest with Leinster in particular out to avenge their successive final defeats. The Blues were defeated by La Rochelle two years on the bounce, but Ronan O'Gara's French side face a challenge to get their 2023-24 tournament back on track, having lost to Leinster and Stormers already so far in the group. Number 8. Wimbledon Wimbledon takes place over the course of the first two weeks of July and it could be a history-making tournament once again. Novak Djokovic currently sits on 24 major titles, with Margaret Court holding the current record of 25. Djokovic will of course have the chance to equal and surpass this record at the Australian and French Open before Wimbledon, but will be determined to win on England's lawn courts, having lost out in the final last year to Carlos Alcaraz. Number 7. Cricket World Cup The ninth edition of the T20 Cricket World Cup is scheduled to be hosted by the West Indies and the United States for the month of June. England go into the competition as the defending champions having defeated Pakistan in the previous final. Ireland have gotten a tough group with India, Pakistan, USA and Canada, the opponents for Ireland's cricketers. Number 6. Tour de France The Tour de France 2024 will be the 111th edition of the famous cycling race. It will start in Florence, Italy on 29th June and will finish in Nice, France on the 21st of July. This will be the first time since 1974 that the race will not finish in Paris. The Tour de France Femme will then get underway on Monday, August 12th in a change to the system. The women's tour usually gets underway on the final day of the men's, but will now get underway three weeks later and concludes on Sunday, August 18th, 2024. Some other honourable mentions before we get into the top five. Ronnie O'Sullivan will be going for a record-extending eight-master snooker title this week. The Asian Cup and the African Cup of Nations will be decided in the football by mid-February. Tyson Fury versus Alexander Uzek in the undisputed heavyweight title is also in February. The F1 season gets underway in March, as does the MotoGP World Championship. The US Masters at Augusta is in April. The Europa League final takes place in Dublin in May. The NBA finals are in June, Copa America in July, Solheim Cup in September, as well, of course, as all the national action in the Airtricity Leagues, the GAA, and everything else in between. Now, it's on to the top five. Number five, Champions League final. The Champions League comes to a close on the 1st of June 2024. This season, the famous competition sees its showdown take place at the iconic Wembley Stadium in London. The holders, Man City, are favourites to retain their crown, with Bayern Munich, led by Harry Kane, and the all-time record winners, Real Madrid, also set to be in contention. Number 4. Cheltenham Day 1 Champions Day gets underway on Tuesday 12th of March, followed by Style Wednesday on the 13th, St. Patrick's Thursday on the 14th, and then as always, Gold Cup Day on the Friday the 15th. 2024 is the 100th year of the Gold Cup at Cheltenham, and Ireland will hope to have as good a year, if not better, than last year's haul, which saw us take the Presbury Cup with a final total of 18 winners to Great Britain's 10. 
Number 3. Six Nations Ireland will be eager to avenge their World Cup exit with another strong Six Nations tournament. The holders get underway in the opening game away to France on Friday, February 2nd, in what could be a potential title decider. Ireland then hosts Italy and Wales before travelling to Twickenham on Saturday, March 9th to take on the old enemy England, and the boys in green host Scotland on March 16th to see out the campaign and hopefully secure another championship. Number 2. Euro 2024 Germany are the hosts for Euro 2024 and they were in pot one alongside of Portugal, France, Spain, Belgium and England of whom all will have their eyes on the trophy. Holders Italy found themselves in pot four with dark horses Croatia and the Netherlands both in pot three before the draw. Following the drawing of the teams, Group B has thrown up the proverbial group of death with Albania in amongst contenders Spain, Italy and Croatia. Although Group A could be the tightest, with Germany, Scotland, Hungary and Switzerland all looking quite even coming in to the big tournament. Number 1. Olympic Games The Paris Olympics will be the first Olympics in history to achieve a numerical gender parity on the field of play. The opening ceremony takes place on 26th of July and the closing ceremony will bring the curtain down on the 11th of August, with the Paralympic Games getting underway on the 28th and concluding on the 8th of September. For Ireland, it is our centenary of the Team Green's debut as an independent country at the same venue. Stars from the Emerald Isle will compete in athletics, boxing, canoeing, cycling, equestrian, golf, gymnastics, rowing, rugby sevens, sailing and swimming. Team Ireland brought home four medals at Tokyo 2020 Olympics and will be looking to improve on this in Paris. Reese McLennigan competes on the pummel horse and with two world championships under his belt, he will be hopeful of a medal at the Olympics. Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy will look to make it back-to-back -back goals in the rowing, with 34-year-old Kelly Harrington looking to do the same as she takes to the ring in what will be her last Olympics. Daniel Whiffen in the swimming, Rashidat Adeleke in the 400 meters, and Kira McGeehan in the 1500 meters will all have big hopes. As will McElroy, Lowry, and Maguire in the men's and women's golf, and Carlo native Finn Lynch in the sailing. It promises to be an amazing spectacle as only the Olympics can be, with plenty of Irish interest to boot. Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. What a 2024 it promises to be on the local, national, and international level. From green fields to Olympic flames, there's going to be something for everyone to enjoy this sporting year. Now, there's just time for sport on screen on Sunday. TG Cahar has coverage of the opening AIB Club Championship All-Ireland Football Semi-Final between Castlehaven and St. Bridget's from a quarter past one. That's followed by the other semi-final, which sees Kilmacud Croaks take on Waddy Grahams with throw-in in that one at 3.45pm. BBC One has the mouth-watering third-round FA Cup clash as Arsenal welcome Liverpool to the Emirates. Coverage gets underway at 4pm with kick-off at half-past four. With the darts all wrapped up, Alexandra Palace now switches to hosting the snooker. BBC Two has coverage of the Masters from 1pm. And on Sky Sports' main event, there is a live NFL from 5pm with the Jaguars versus the Titans, the first of three live games. That's just about all we have time for today on Sportsbeat Extra. I'm Andy, and thanks so much for joining me again. And Beat Anthems is coming your way next. This is Sportsbeat Extra.